Hello everyone, welcome back to Young Survivor, Young Thriver. My name is Faith, I am your host, and we're going to jump right on into it. So um, the last time we talked about preparation for the journey and some things that kind of got me to where I am now, and um, I want to kind of pick up there and kind of keep rolling through. So a little bit about me, um, since I was a kid, there was two things that I knew I wanted to do. I was either going to be an actress or work in medicine. Um, I loved acting. I loved theater. I loved drama. I loved all those things. But then I also like really, really, really loved healthcare. And so um, I ended up not on Broadway or the big screen, but don't count me out yet. There's still time. <laughs> but I did end up in medicine. And that's, um, again, my passion. And I'm extremely um, elated and happy to do what I love. And so since I was a kid, I was like, I wanted to be an OBGYN. I want to deliver babies and things like that. Um, part of my passion for healthcare came from seeing the mistrust and distrust of the healthcare system within my family and within my community. Um, seeing, you know, people not going to get checked out. And I had a great pediatrician, you know, as a um, kid. And so I never really understood why people didn't want to go to the doctors. I was like, I love my doctor, right? But then as you get older and you learn more, it's like now I definitely understand why people do not want to go to the doctor. And so I feel like part of my calling is to remedy that. Um, I cannot bear that burden alone. Neither do I have to because there are so many people out here doing some amazing things, but I um, definitely want to do my part. Um, but I want to talk about um, today knowing your family history and then a little bit about, you know, um, me and my healthcare background. So as I said before, absolutely loved um, babies and, you know, OBGYN work. And even when I was in high school, I did some, you know, gifted mentorship where I would, you know, shadow some um, an OBGYN and, you know, um, around the clinic and hospitals and things like that. And I absolutely loved it. And so um, growing up also, I have several friends who lost their mom to breast cancer at a very, very early age. And, um, that was, you know, kind of put it on the radar for me. Um, and when I was growing up as well, um, I have, again, a cancer history in my family, but I got genetic testing. Uh, my mom did, my sister did, and there's no genetic mutations in our um, genome, which is, you know, another story for another day because I would not get off on a tangent. I'm a tangent queen, y'all, so I'm going to reel myself back in. Let's stick to what we're talking about. So, <laughs> um, a little bit, again, about my family history. My mom, um, this year, will be an eight-year survivor. My mom's oldest sister, uh, my grandma, had six boys and six girls, and so the oldest, um, my oldest aunt, when I was younger, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, and then after that, my mom was, and so um, I'm a physician assistant as well. And while I was in PA school, um, my grandmother, we call her Bean Bean, um, my heart, <laughs> she passed away actually my first semester during finals of pancreatic cancer. She had liver and lung meds. And it's something, you know, it kind of does something to you when you're in, you know, PA school or medical school or whatever, you know, healthcare route that you take and then you're learning about things, but you're watching people go through it as you as you're learning about it. 
Um, we were learning about, you know, different organ systems and things like that. And then we had our um, pathophysiology class. So, of course, we're talking about like your GI or your gastrointestinal system, which is like your stomach and pancreas and liver and all those things like that. And so as we're going through learning it, and then my mom is calling me, telling me about these things. And I was like, that kind of sounds like, I was like, oh, no, you know, my grandma doesn't have no pancreatic cancer, whatever. And turns out that's exactly what it was. And so that was kind of um, gut-riching. Um, and draining all at the same time. And um, that was in 2017. And then in 2019, um, my aunt was diagnosed, well, which aunt, right? My mom's baby sister was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, At the time she was diagnosed, um, she was already stage four and she already had lung or liver I can't remember um and I want to say brain meds as well and so um she went through chemo but her chemo was palliative which pretty much means it's just kind of reducing the um the burden the tumor burden um making it smaller and hopefully decreasing some of the side effects to give her a little bit more time. But um, sometimes you'll hear people say palliative chemo and curative chemo, whereas if it's palliative, um, the doctors are saying there's really nothing else they can do. The disease has progressed so far and, um, you know, we're just kind of trying to make you comfortable. Whereas if it's, um, some people may say curative or whatever, that just pretty much means that the purpose of the chemo is to um, get rid of the tumor along with, you know, surgery, if you so choose to do that and things like that. So there's that. So three people on my mom's side. And of course, after, you know, I was diagnosed, um, I was talking to some of the relatives and found out that I had a lot of distant cousins who um, were diagnosed with breast cancer as well. Some at a very, very early age in their twenties. And so I was like, wow, you know, okay. And so um, knowing your family history, again, is very, very important. And knowing my family history was the reason I was able to advocate for myself. And again, I have an amazing um, GYN or gynecologist. She used to do obstetrics and I'm trying to get her to go back. So when I have another kid, she can deliver my baby. But she was like, yeah, babe, no, not going to happen. But um, now she just does um, GYN or gynecology. And um, again, knowing my family history and talking with her about it, Um, I told her that I wanted to start getting mammograms. I think it was like 33 or 34 when I started. And she was like, absolutely. Um, And then at that point, we did the first um, series of genetic testing that I had, which was pretty much mostly checking for, um, you know, the most common like BRCA mutations and things like that. So um, after my aunt was diagnosed again, I started getting mammograms um and she ended up passing away um November will be two years um since she's passed away so again that's a little bit about my family history and the breast cancer side of it and then um when I was in school you know I knew I wanted to do women's health but I also loved um oncology and just learning about that because again my family history and so I for my clinical rotations I spent a couple months at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Noonan Georgia and um, I was able to see people at all stages you know just receiving the news going through chemo um, and part of my um, PA training I'm surgically trained as well so I was actually you know in the OR the operating room you know um, assisting in you know removing breast tumors and um, GI, I mean, all kinds of things, because it wasn't just, you know, um, 
breast cancer, but, you know, just in that whole process. And then also I spent some time with plastic surgery. So, you know, seeing what it looks like to um, go in and do the implants and whether they're getting, you know, silicone versus saline filled implants, whether they're getting a tram um, or a deep flap, which is where they pretty much can take um, like your stomach and make your boob out of it. <laughs> so again, I, I had the honor and pleasure um, of experiencing a lot of that on the medical side. Um, I met some absolutely amazingly beautiful people. Some of them are still in my life today. And um, again, just kind of having that medical background and knowing my family history was how I was able to advocate for myself. So let's go back um, again. So now we're still in 2021, last year. So, um, my mom does this, um, it's a breast cancer fashion experience every year where there are, you know, survivors and supporters who model and some give their testimony. And then there's a concert at the end and she'll get like a just different gospel artist to come down and to sing. And so last year, um, she had Brian Courtney Wilson was the gospel artist. And then um, Jonathan Slocum was the host and comedian. And then there are women, you know, that are just, you know, modeling and telling their story. And so I'm sitting there, I'm listening, I'm soaking all these things in, you know, just grateful to God that um, these women are here to tell their story. And then also honoring those who are no longer with us. Because some people walk for like family members and things like that. So um, I'm there doing all that. And so my mom did not know at that time that um, maybe a week or two prior, um, no, a couple weeks prior, yeah, I had went, I went to my, um, I had my annual appointment with my GYN and I had felt a mass in my left breast. So what does that look like? How did I even get to the point of feeling something? So again, I told you the year prior to that, I started getting mammograms and everything was perfectly fine. There were no issues. There was there were no concerns. And probably around, I don't know, April-ish, um, I started feeling something in my left breast. And so, um, try not to cry, <laughs> but they're good tears because I'm coming up on the year and um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of, coming around full circle so um I felt a lump um or something rather weird in my left breast but I have something that they call lumpy bumpy breast um and you'll that's the kind of common term for it but um what it's called is like fibrocystic breast and pretty much um for some women that have dense breast tissue um and then just for some women too you'll get these cyclic changes in your breast so when it's around the time for your period to come on you'll start feeling some you know lumps for lack of a better word in your breast tissue and that's strictly due to hormonal changes as your period um gets ready to come on you have all these different hormones you have estrogen progesterone you have lh which is called luteinizing hormone and all these other things um that just kind of go up and down and up and down and they just kind of cycle through you know which is why they call it like a cycle there's a hormonal cycle that comes and um yeah, so I was like, oh, okay, you know, I've been feeling it, but I felt the same thing on my right side. So I was like, again, it's just a lumpy, bumpy breast. I'll have another, another mammogram in a couple months. Not just had a mammogram. So I'm like, clearly nothing is, you know, happening that fast. And so, again, this was like around April-ish or so. And um, 
May, you know, it still feels kind of the same. June, July, I was like, mm, I think it feels a little bit different. But again, I've been feeling this for some time now, these kind of changes with my cycle. So I'm not thinking anything of it, but I'm checking every month um, just to see if I feel something different. And so um, at that point, again, I talked about it a little bit before, but I was on a very, um, I was on a, a stressful, I was in a stressful work environment. And so, um, I want to encourage you. I did a live with Donna's recipe, Tabitha Brown. And thank you guys again so much for the opportunity to share um, my story. I'm extremely grateful. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me afterwards, um, you know, just giving words of encouragement and asking questions, which is what I wanted because a lot of times we're afraid, right? And we don't know what to ask and you don't want to, um, I've heard people say, you know, feel dumb, I guess for lack of better words, you know, going into your provider, asking questions. And then sometimes you, your provider doesn't even listen to you and then if you do they just kind of dismiss you so I've had people ask me questions and I'm grateful for the opportunity to share what I know um, I tell people I don't know everything but I do know a lot and what I know I am willing to share with you so um again you know just kind of watching monitoring my breast and again was in a very stressful work situation and so um let's jump forward to you know we're in like June July August <clears throat> September, I was like, okay, this feels like really big. And I stopped feeling the same thing on both sides around August, September. But again, I was, you know, didn't prioritize my health. And that's really just what it boils down to. I felt it. I knew something weird was there, but... I was like, oh, you know, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, you know, because in my mind, I was like, it's probably a fibroadenoma. And what a fibroadenoma is, is pretty much an, um, a mass that's in your breast, in your breast, but it's non-cancerous. So a lot of times, even if there is a fibroadenoma, you can get it removed surgically, um, for, you know, peace of mind purposes, but it's a non-cancerous or another word we may use is benign um, mass that's in your breast. I was like, it's probably just a fibroadenoma. I'm watching it. I don't see any skin changes. I don't see any dimpling. I don't have any discharge from my nipple. And then now granted, a lot of those are later stages. Um, If you hear some things about, you know, those breast changes, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's late, but sometimes those things are found in later stages. in later stages um, of, of breast cancer. But, you know, in my mind, I was like, it's just a fibroadenoma. And so um, I ended up leaving that job and had my annual. And so I went again, got my pap. She did my um, breast exam. And so she was like, Faith, how long has that been there? And so I was telling her about it. And so, you know, she was like, yeah, I said, Dr. Robert said, I said, I really just think it's like a fibroadenoma. She was like, yeah, possible, but let's go on and get a check. And I was like, absolutely. So she sent me straight over. It was like, stop, do not pass go, do not collect $200. <laughs> we, I went straight over to um, imaging and I got a ultrasound and a mammogram um, of both breasts. And so about a week or so after that, I actually have my dates because I am that person. So <laughs> I will pull them up so I can tell you exactly what the dates were. Um yeah, so I got, went and had my annual, went and got a mammogram, um, an ultrasound. It was on October the 12th. And so then they called me back about a mm, couple days later, maybe a week or so later, and said, hey, well, it was a, actually, it was a couple days. They called me back and said, hey, Faith, listen, we can't rule cancer out. 
Um, we're not saying that it is, but we're not saying that it's not either. So go um, and get a biopsy. So if they see anything weird on your breast, just know that they're going to send you to imaging. Imaging first will be more than likely an ultrasound and or a mammogram. Um, it just depends on a lot of different factors, but that's what they'll do. And if anything looks off or they cannot make a definitive um, determination, they're going to send you to get in bi a biopsy. So they sent me on October the 19th to get a biopsy. And so I went there, got the biopsy and I'm talking to the, um, surgical oncologist. And I told some other women this too, like, if you go and get a biopsy, likely they will send you to a surgical oncologist. It does not mean that it is cancerous. That is just the person who will do your biopsy. So I went to surgical oncology, just laughing and talking with the people, you know, there. And I was like, Oh, it's just a vibratinoma, probably no issue, whatever. And so, um, yeah, I went in there, had that done. And what they'll do is numb the area and then they'll take, um, a needle for lack of better words and they'll go in and um take a piece of the tissue um where the mass is and when i say mass that just means whatever that lump is that's not um normal in your body um they'll take a piece of that and then they send it off to pathology where they will um check it to see if there are any cancer cells present so on october the 26th well the weekend before that was when my mom had the breast cancer um fashion show and experience and so that was on I want to say October the 24th and so I went there again listening to these women's story um and there was a guy that was modeling too so men can't get breast cancer in case people may not know so um yeah I was there and so then afterwards like it crushed my heart but I knew I needed to tell my mom but I was like there was no good time to say it but I did want to wait until after that show because I did not want her worried and so I told my parents at that time um what was going on and of course you know my mom you know she's standing there and it's hard for her not to cry because she's like that's my baby like what's going on and so I was like mom is fine I'm fine I don't think it's cancer I believe it's not cancer my faith is that it's not cancer and so we prayed um and just kind of went on and so then that on October 26th was when I went to get the results and so I'm sitting there, you know, in the room waiting and I'm in there y'all for literally like an hour and a half, like two hours. It felt like a really long time. I know it was well over an hour. And of course, you know, my family is like calling, like, what did they say? What did they say? And I was like, I don't know. Like I'm literally still waiting to see these people. And so, um, after probably about 45 minutes or so, I was like, they're going to tell me that it's cancer. Um, just because for me, not again, do not take this for you because sometimes they really are falling behind. But for me, I'm I'm like okay if it wasn't they would have came in and told me by now and sit me on but clearly they need more time so in my mind I was just like okay you know I'm building my faith up I'm already have been building my faith up but I'm just in there you know confessing and you know praying and you know just kind of um breathing and so they come and get me and so she sits down this is the surgical oncologist she clasps her hand and she was like faith I said what kind is it how far along is it? And when can I have surgery? She was like, huh? I said, well, you're going to tell me that it's cancer. I was like, so what kind is it? How far along is it? 
And what are we going to do? I mean, and not what are we going to do? I said, and when are we going to have surgery? I said, because I've already determined I'm not, you know, getting a lumpectomy. I want to get both of them removed because of, you know, my family history. I don't want to be bothered with this again. I don't want to remove a lump and still leave tissue there for it to possibly come back. Now, again, this is no, um, you know, jab or anything at those who do choose a lumpectomy because, again, it is literally your body and your choice. That is something that I had just determined that I wanted for myself. Um, because I just didn't want to have to, you know, be bothered with any like recurrence or anything like that. And, um, in my other breast on remaining tissue. So again, was like, let's do that. So she was like, well, did you already know? And I said, well, no, but I said, again, it took you forever to come and get me. And I was like, um, yeah, I'm like, that's just kind of where we were. So we talked about everything. And at that point she told me that it was triple negative. And what triple negative means is that they look at three different, um, mainly three different hormone receptors on that can be present on tumors. There's estrogen, um, progesterone, and then something called HER2. And so um, if they say triple negative, that pretty much means that um, it's more aggressive because all of those receptors are negative. And I'll talk about that on another um, episode. But it was triple negative. It was invasive ductal carcinoma, which means um, it was outside of my duct, the, the tumor. The mass had left from the ducts in my breast and spread out into the actual tissue. And so um, with it being a more aggressive um, form, and it grew so fast because again, like earlier that year, I felt nothing. And um, by the time they measured it, I think it was like, I'll come back and tell y'all that because I don't want to misquote. But um, yeah, so I was like, okay. And so we're talking about, um, you know, next steps and things like that. From there, they send me to medical oncology where I meet with the medical oncologist. So you'll have surgical oncology. They literally just do the surgery. And then you have medical oncology, which are the um, providers who um, talk about the chemo and things like that. And so um, let me jump back a little bit again, because like before all of um, the diagnosis and all those things happened, again, I told you guys in the last episode that I had been listening to sermons um, and building my faith up just on healing and, you know, health and what God's plan and desire for my life is. About a month before I was diagnosed, I actually did a, um, a couple months, I think it was, I did the D-Herbs full body cleanse. And I don't know, if it's just kind of in my heart of my spirit, whatever, to say, hey, like, you know, like, reset your body, like, give your body a chance to actually, you know, fight and, and do what it's supposed to do, and so I did that cleanse, um, and then I just kind of started changing my diet, because if anyone has done a cleanse, you can't just go back to eating how you used to eat, so I ate a whole lot of sugar, um, you know, I wasn't really a bad eater, I just ate lots of sweets, and so, um, I cut a lot of the sugar out of my diet, I was never a big salmon fan, but I started trying to incorporate, you know, salmon into my diet, and again, I told you guys before about increasing this balance and boundaries, de-stressing, and then I was just on this thing of, like, no declutter your life like and not only your life but you know um your physical surrounding as well so you know I'm doing all these things and you know I really do believe that it was in preparation for what I was getting ready to go through so again I was diagnosed on October the um 
26th, October 26th was when I was diagnosed. And so then the next steps after that, I had to go and get a breast MRI. When they're doing a breast MRI, they're looking at the rest of your breast tissue, um, bilateral or both sides, just to make sure that um, they're not missing anything anywhere else. And so my right breast was completely benign or nothing was there, but they did find a small secondary tumor in my left um, breast. But, you know, it wasn't really that big of a deal because again, my whole plan was going to be for a double mastectomy anyway. And so from there, I went and met with the medical oncologist and we just kind of talked through things and, you know, talked about what the plan was going to be. And so then um, the next episode, I'll tell you about what happened after that. Like um, after the MRI, what did that process look like? Because again, I do not want these episodes to be really long. Um, I want them to be short. Um, but also impactful and empowering. So I hope that for those of you who are going through this journey, um, if you're at the beginning that you found this information helpful, like what's going to happen, what do the next steps look like? And if it doesn't happen in the exact order that my journey did, don't be alarmed because again, um, depending on your diagnosis and depending on the stage that you are, how aggressive the tumor is, and then also different protocols for different hospitals, you may do things in a little bit different of an order, but you will definitely have an ultrasound. You will definitely have a mammogram. If they find anything that looks off, you will definitely have a um, biopsy. And then from there, you'll get your results. And then you may get an MRI before and or after. Again, it really just depends on the protocol and what data is present at that time. Because there were people who were diagnosed um, before me that did things a little bit different. But as we continue to do research and learn more about, you know, different disease processes, we learn um, methods that are going to be more effective and efficient. So again, I hope that this was helpful and encouraging and helped to put some things at ease. Of course, if you have any questions at all, you can follow me on IG at Young Survivor, Young Thriver, and you can email me at Young Survivor, Young Thriver at gmail.com. I will help to answer any questions that you have. And if I don't know, I can definitely point you to the resources that you need. So again, thank you guys so much for taking this journey with me. Um, excited to continue to share and um, be on the lookout for the next episode. Until next time, y'all. Peace.